0: Well, God is certainly, God can use any season to uh, break idolatry in us. It's just being able to receive that. Hey guys, welcome
1: back to Real Talk. This is Megan, and I am here today with Stacy Vines, who is a women's minister. And guys, she has started this ministry called Faith It, and I am so excited to introduce you guys to it. Stacy, say hello. Hey guys, how's it going? Now, Stacy, before we get started, I just want you to kind of explain what Faith
0: It is and how that concept came about. Okay, I would be happy to. So Faith It is um, really uh, started off being a tool. Um, I am a part of Ecclesia Christian Church in Conway, South Carolina, and we have a thriving women's ministry. Um, our church is just so blessed and we are growing, and God's favor is just so strong over us right now. And um In order to uh, give a tool to the women to invite other women who are not a part of Ecclesia, we decided to create this tool of Faith It so that women who were already a part of our church could invite other women to be a part of the church. Um, And so the idea was born to begin with a conference, and we would launch a podcast and do Bible studies and all these fun things. Um, And so we're just kind of walking those things out step by step. Um, And we have started with um, Faith It. Uh, as a Facebook page, an Instagram account, and a podcast. Excellent. And you do have a website. Yes, can we, we do, do have help? a website. Mm-hmm. It Tell is. Us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, no, give uh, us the link for it. It's hard, okay. guys. When we, we're we doing this remotely,
0: we can't see each other. So cues are hard. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, What's they the are. Website? Okay. It is uh, faithitwomen.com. Um, and so on that website, you can. Um, you can look at uh, information about the conference that Megan will be joining us for in the fall. You can <laughs> uh, catch a few blogs. You can get some uh, swag that say Faith It on it. Um, and you can get to know really uh, the, the idea of how to faith it um, through life, not just in the moments um, that where crisis hits, but how to have faith every day um, in, the, in the in between. Oh, that's so exciting. Listen,
1: one of the things that I absolutely love about Stacy is that she has a passion and heart very similar to my passion, and um, it is to mentor women and to make them read their Bibles and yes. not get rid of the fluff, get rid of the stories about your puppies. Let's learn what the <laughs> Word of God says. So I want you just to take a second and tell our audience, um... What what kind of triggered that passion, um, and, and kind of what your background looks like? Why um, why do you have this passion? What's going on there?
0: Awesome. Okay, ladies. So um, I grew up in a home um, underneath a teaching uh, that was very very strict, but also very um, I appreciated it because it taught me to really read my Bible. Um, but as I grew up, I started to realize. Um, that some of the things that I was reading wasn't quite what I was watching unfold all around me. And it created in me this desire to really create and find uh, connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament because I needed to know what God wanted from me. And reading my Bible gave me those answers and I could understand it. It wasn't hard. He didn't give me um, riddles. It was, it was plain enough that anyone, I knew that if I could understand it, anyone could understand it. And so reading the Bible became a big passion for me. Once I made these small connections, um, you know, how the old Testament pointed towards the new Testament. And then there was this completeness of the new Testament that pointed back to the old Testament. I was hooked. And, um, and as I grew up, um, I started having women over to my house. I was desperate for fellowship, desperate for um, other women to just talk about the Bible with and share those cool things that I was reading. So I started having women over at my house. Um, and if 12 women showed up, I was thrilled. Um, and and it really, we've just never looked back. Um, and so that desire to uh, really find truth is, um, is really kind of, that has been the catalyst for me over wanting other women to find that truth and to know, girl, you can find it. It is there plain. God does not hide himself from you. You are not, um, you don't have to be super educated to even un- to, to open your Bible, but just to get through that initial first step of opening it up and not feeling like this is too heavy for me um, really became something I wanted other women to find. Um, And yeah, and so we've just, we've, we've just never looked back after starting um, in our home in 2012. Wow. Now, listen, I know that
1: because you do ministry, I want to get to the real talk now. Okay. Doing ministry is hard. It is Mm -hmm. so stinking hard. And I know you know that. Um, Give me some real insight into some of the struggles um, you've had working with women and what that looks like and, and how you've combated those I'm kind of putting you on the spot here that's okay how you how you have combated those like what are some things that you see women struggling with and how are you going through those trenches with
0: them does that make sense yeah, absolutely so um I think now this is just my observation of women um and one of the reasons I love women's ministry so much I think that women there are two types of women um, there is an everything woman and a nothing woman. Um, Megan, you and I are probably at the an, an everything woman. And that is the type of woman who everything is fine. I can handle everything. Everything works for the good. Everything's okay. Everything, everything, everything is fine. Even when she's drowning. <laughs> um, and then there's the yep. nothing woman. Yeah, there's the nothing woman who nothing is working out for me nothing i ever do works in my for my good nothing is going to work out every you know the nothing woman cannot see past her immediate situation and those two women struggle with one another the everything woman struggles to understand the nothing woman and the nothing woman looks at the everything woman and thinks that she just has the best life ever when when both of these types of women struggle with the same sin and it's idolatry um and in, in my experience and I speak for myself, women, I I seem to think that women struggle with idolatry as one of, one of their hardest things to overcome. Um, because to look at a woman and say, you can get through this, but you have to get out of the way, um, is hard. Um, and it's hard for them to accept. And it keeps, it keeps women, I think in a place where, um, they 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 don't allow God to come in because they are their God and they don't even know it is a is a big issue. They don't know why things aren't working out. Um, and I and I don't and I I don't want to come across harsh and say, well, you're struggling with idolatry because while I can hear that and and say, wow, thank you, sister, like I needed that, like I need to repent of that. Um, idolatry sounds so harsh, but it is actually a very easy sin to get caught up in. Um, and I think that that is the hardest part of women's ministry, just in my opinion, um, getting women out of a self-conscious space where they're struggling in idolatry and then into a place where they are in complete surrender to God and that is that just has so many wonderful byproducts like a better marriage, better parenting, a you know more satisfaction in their career. Um, so for me, that seems to be the first, and, and hardest struggle in that I I see in women.
1: And Stacy, just in case someone in our audience is kind of like wobbly on because they thought idolatry meant you worshipped little tiki statues. Yes, um, let's break that down for them. on okay. the, the big idea of idolatry um, and what what that looks like.
0: Yeah, perfect. So, and I think that's why it's hard for women to 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 kind of think like, wait a minute, what you're saying that I struggle with idolatry? Like I don't have like what you're saying. I don't have golden statues or, you know, what I see at the nail salon or, you know, these, I don't have these things. Um, But idolatry is, is replacing God with something else. And, um, and just in my easy working definition. So when we, when we allow something to supersede the place that God belongs in our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, um, then we're practicing idolatry. Whether we, we are putting our needs, our preferences, um, our emotional desires above the authority of scripture, um, that's idolatry. If we think we're, we can handle, this is where I struggle with idolatry. I think, and I get caught in it so easy, easily, that I can handle everything, that I can go 100 miles an hour in my own strength, and I can handle everything. Um, I can take on as many ministry steps as I need. I can homeschool all four of my kids. I can help my husband build a business. I can, I can, I can. Um, and I am removing the great I am. I, I am no longer operating in his abilities or even seeking his permission. Um, and I'm practicing idolatry where I've put something ahead of him um, in my heart. And And it can be as simple, you know, these these practical examples, it can be as simple as. I don't have time to read my Bible because I'm, I'm striving in a career or I'm in school for this degree or, or, or that degree. Um, but that is putting that education or that career ahead of the king of all kings and, and, Growing in Him and knowing Him, and that is a form of idolatry. And so I Ooh, think that one hurt. That one hurt. <laughs> you're you're hurting me, Stace. You're hurting. I'm telling you. And and moms, moms do it. Moms let their children. Um, I've done this. They, you know, we will, you know, say I can't, I can't be at church every time the doors are open because I'm running my kids ragged. And while that is valid, I mean, you know, you do want to make sure that you uh, keep your children's hearts and and. You know, you want to make sure that you spend time with your kids. But at the same time, um, if you're allowing your children to take the place of your worship and service to God, that's idolatry. So mm-hmm. it can, it is it is a, a very big, um, big issue. And I think that is why it's so easy for us to fall into it and not realize it. And what are some ways you think
1: women can combat idolatry? Okay, so mm-hmm. now that we've identified it, And I know there's going to be a woman listening, like, I'm glad you guys have your life figured out, but I don't know how to get, you know, it's important. And that's why we're being so blunt about it, because Mm -hmm. um, this is a sin that people aren't always talking about. And it's something we need to identify because this is, you know, the first commandment have, you know, um, and the second commandment. I mean, he had, he had more than one commandment about him being first guys. And so what are some practical ways that women can kind of get out
0: of that mindset. Yeah. And I love that you said blunt um, because I think being blunt about it is really what we need. Um, and and my answer to that is going to sound so, um, so small and insignificant, but it is a really good answer. And honestly, it's just to prioritize. Just um, do it. Yeah. Just do absolutely. it. Prioritize and, and make yourself a schedule. Um, if you are not a morning person. Then before you go to bed, read your Bible. And honestly, as it sounds like such a simple answer that it cannot be the right one. But really, if we would just read our Bibles, and that would spur on in us an intentional prayer walk, it would spur on in us, um, you know, growing in the Holy Spirit. That is just always going to be the starting point, and it's always going to be the first answer for me anyway. But if you're not a morning person, do it before you go to bed. If you are a morning person. Um, you know set your alarm and be intentional about waking up and starting your day in the Bible um, and I know that there are there are many ways that we can get in our Bible with technology today we can have scriptures sent to our phones and things like that and and I think that those are great even tools like podcasts or Facebooks or different resources like that but nothing is going to trump you with the Bible open in front of you, holding it and touching it and taking ownership of the word of God um, and being intentional about letting that be planted into your heart. So that would be my answer. Just just do it. Just do it. There is a study.
1: um, Are you familiar with Jen Wilkin? Yes. Okay, Mm -hmm. perfect. So she, um, I was listening to one of her, uh, she was talking. I don't know what, where it was. I don't know if it was a conference or if she was just doing like a talking head video. I can't remember, but She said that um, when it comes to reading the Bible, there is a study that she heard on NPR and it was talking about how um, you become passionate about what you study, what you know, um, and and the more you find out about a specific thing. And she said when it comes to the Bible and ladies, this is for you when you come when it comes to reading your Bible it is not natural for us to want to sit and read and have our minds focused on Mm -hmm. what we're reading for a long period of time every single day because we we feel like we're supposed to be doing something else. I need to clean. I need to get my kids somewhere. I need to be um, doing my job. I need to whatever it is. Um, And so it's not natural for us just to have slow down, focus on just being with God, that's not natural. It's just not something we do. And especially because we're we're born sinful, right? right. And so um, the more that we do it and the more that we force ourselves to take time out of our day and study the word and the more we actually study it, not just read it, but really study it, the more passionate we become about it and mm-hmm. the more it becomes a habit and the more you want to do it. Now, right. what do you want to say about that? Add something to that.
0: I agree with every word that you said. Um, and that it would, it really will become a habit and you don't think that it will. And, and you have to stick in there, um, for after day one, two or three, when, when you don't feel like you've, you've gotten anywhere, you have to make it a habit, you have to make it a lifestyle. Um, and it is so worth it to just keep going, keep going, keep going, um, and, and make that your lifestyle and your habit, um, because then you really can break that idolatry, um, you can break it in two and you're going to combat it your whole life. Uh, you, you, you had said earlier, you know, what about, you know, it's so good that you guys have your life figured out. Listen, I don't, I really don't. I still struggle with idolatry. I still, um, have to m- make myself, um, operate only in, in God's power because if not, I would take on the world and I would crash in two weeks. Um, well, you, so you because I'm an everything woman there, huh?
1: Bec- you need to speak for yourself because I definitely have everything figured out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I told you you were an everything woman. I told you. <laughs> no, I am totally kidding. I like
1: I literally before we started, I was telling Stacy how I was sobbing because I'm sitting in my house by myself and I'm an extrovert and I don't understand <laughs> how to not be around people. I've never I've never done that. So
0: this is this is a struggle. Well, God is certainly, God can use any season to uh, break idolatry in us. It's just being able to receive that, like being able to know like, okay, I know I have idolatry somewhere. I know I have not, um, in no matter how seasoned of a Christian woman I am or how unseasoned of a Christian woman I am, I have something above God in one realm or another and just finding it and then attacking it by reading the Bible and, and, and finding ways to prioritize and change that.
1: Now, Stacey, I have a, I have something to say and I want you to add on to it because I was going to try to make it a question, but I don't know how to make it a question.
0: Okay. There, Mm -hmm.
1: if you are, um, someone who was trying to minister to women, or if you're just a Christian trying to carry out the great commission, which is going out and telling everyone about the gospel, um, and baptizing them in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit. That's the end of Matthew, right? Mm -hmm. That was like a paraphrase. That was the message there for you. No, (laughs) Um, (laughs) when you're doing that, there is a tendency for you to want it for other women. And yeah. that is one of my struggles. Um, learning how to walk that line between, I can't want it for you, but I really want it for you. So mm-hmm. what what do you do with that? And and how do you, this is for our women who are ministers and who are kind of like in the same boat as what you're doing with Faith It. What do you say to them and how do you encourage them Um, because when you want it for someone else and they just aren't there, you feel like you're crashing
0: and burning and the whole world's ending. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and, and I, I feel that same way. You know, you want it so bad for them, but you can't, you can't want it enough for them to actually get it. Um, and so I, I make as an everything woman, I, um, feel like I have to create more and more opportunities for her. Like, like somehow if I just have a women's breakfast or if I just have, this or if i do this event or if i do that like eventually they're going to catch it and she's going to get it and she's going to want it as bad as i want her to want it um but again that's eliminating um that's eliminating her own personal relationship with god so what what i have often taught myself to do is i can i can instead of trying to create all of these opportunities for her Um, when she's already had the seed planted, she knows like, and I'm in a discipleship relationship with her. I just have to hit it in prayer and be super intentional about praying for her um, and praying like in specific ways, like, God, please open her eyes. God, please allow me to say what you need her to hear. Um, You created her. You know what she is going to need in order to make this decision. Um, So, so please use me in those ways. Um, And just giving it back to him um, through prayer. Um, And that sounds like such a simple and almost like a brush off answer. Um, But it's actually harder, I think, to do that than it is to, you know, host another Bible study or to text her scripture every day, you know. Well,
1: for that everything woman, I'm sure it is harder because it's saying, hey, God, here's the reins. Right. Here's your daughter. Um, I'm not, I can't change her. Only the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit can. Only the Holy yeah. Spirit can like that passion. Um, here here you go. That is hard. Giving that away. Just like, okay, I'm giving it That's to right. you. Mm-hmm. That feels impossible sometimes. Stace, I got one more question for you. And then okay. we, um, And then we can kind of like wrap it up. Or we can just keep talking. I mean, cool, whatever. No, (laughs) I finally get personal interaction. I'm just like, talk to me, please. Um, Okay. I am noticing a lot of women um, who have talked to me and just like in my everyday um, conversations in in ministry, women who are sold out to God, I mean, sold out, and they are married to men who want nothing to do with God. Mm
0: -hmm. What
1: is some advice that you can give to those women and to your other Christian women who are friends with them? What what can we say to them?
0: How do we encourage them? Man, that's such a good, good question. And my heart literally breaks when I meet women who are in these positions. Um, but I, I thank God have, I can tell them like, I have seen this happen. I have seen God's word come to life and really, um, what first Timothy says really will happen. Um, you know the the hard part um, in that I think is is when she can't see that hope, she can't mm-hmm. see past. I know that the Bible says that you know the unbelieving husband will be won over by the the deeds and the actions, the quiet actions of his wife, believing wife. And I, it's like Lord, I just wish that there could have been like a handful of more sentences about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's just keeping her so encouraged. Um, in my opinion, and I love that you asked what, what would you say, what should we say to the Christian friends of this woman? Um, it, because it really does take the whole body at that point for that sister to, in order to, uh, win her husband. You know, I've seen women who, whose husbands have made the change. They have come to Christ. Um, but not just because of the actions of the woman, but it's the actions of her church working with her. That brought him in. And so um, it would be getting to know, hey, here's a, here's a wife in our church that's struggling. Her husband is not a believer. Um, okay, let's get the men's minister involved. Let's put this on the radar of our discipleship ministry um, so that they can be intentional about, number one, praying for her and supporting her as she serves, supporting her as she brings her children in from the parking lot to go check them into church because she's coming by herself. Other women making sure they sit with her on the pew because they know that deep inside she's very upset that her husband is not sitting there worshiping with her. Just kind of creating um, a bubble for her, all the while encouraging her to do it more and more and more because if she walks out the out towards the promise, she'll get the promise. Um and just holding on to that and keeping the faith that, um, that God will do what he said he would do, um, which is that the the man would believe now he, but he may not, I mean, he, he may never choose to give his life to God, um, because we do have a choice. Um, but she will still have, um, a joy and a peace knowing that she stayed in this picture of submission before God, um, and, th- and that's a that's a difficult discipleship relationship because there's so many variables, but it's just being, being aware of her and intentionally praying for her, having other women, you know, wrapping around her and bringing in the church, bringing in the other ministries of the church to help her family um, as a whole, I think would be, um, it would be a wise start. Absolutely. Can, Can I, I add answer to your question? I don't know if yeah, I answered your question.
1: Gonna, <laughs> I want to add something to that. Um, I've known a lot of Christian women who meant well, but, um, when, when this woman calls you, it's not wise to say, you just need to leave him or you just need to get out. And it's also not wise to say, you just need to suck it up. I feel like both of those extremes are, are hurtful and frustrating and they're not helping. Um, sometimes that woman just needs to talk. She just needs someone to be encouraging to her. And so, um, I think when those conversations happen, just listen. And if you don't know what to say, don't say anything. Just say, I'm praying for you. Just being there is is enough. They just want to know that someone is in their corner and that they're not going through this alone. I think that's Mm -hmm. really important. Um, I have friends obviously here. I just mentioned it. Um, one of the things that we're doing, um, whenever, um, Whenever uh, you, you read in scripture about the Messiah or Christ, it means the anointed one. And right. whenever um, I did some research on what it meant to be anointed, it was symbolic for the Holy Spirit being um placed on that person who was anointed, right? Right. So mm-hmm. whenever we're being anointed, when we're sick, the elders come in and anoint you. It's not that there's some magic juju in the oils or something. and that right. you, ha- you know. I have literally had people like, no, I have to get them from Israel. And I'm like, no, you can literally use vegetable oil. It's, That's it's right. <laughs> symbolic. It's not juju, right? And so um, it's just, a, it's symbolic for the Holy Spirit. We're praying for the Holy Spirit to be on you. So um, one of the things that we've done is um, we've got a group of women who have dedicated to um, being in relationship with those women. And we have gone to their house and we have prayed over their household. Oh, I um, love that. We have prayed over their children because, mm-hmm. you know, you people fight. Okay. But those fights... Um, everyone's fights are nasty, but we're going to pray over that because whenever you're a Christian trying to win over your husband, your words are especially, you have to watch what you say and what you do. I mean, that's what scripture says, any woman, but especially someone trying to win someone over. Mm -hmm. And so um, I like to anoint um, doorways and just say the Holy Spirit's presence is here because you're here. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. You are the temple. This is your reminder. And we are anointing your house because you are not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you. And um, just continually praying for those people. So I don't know if that's something some of our listeners want to do, but there's my two cents. And people are like, there's not biblical anointing your house. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, they anointed the tabernacle. So it is okay to anoint stuff. (laughs) That's right.
0: And listen, inviting the Holy Spirit to come into every dwelling of your home is never a bad idea. No, absolutely. And no. honestly,
1: you are not going to save your husband.
0: Right. That's right. The
1: Holy Spirit is going to use your actions in you. You are a vessel or a tool. You are not the one who is going to change his heart or his actions. And that's right. That's Just something like we were,
0: sorry. to keep in mind. Go <laughs> ahead. You're fine. Just like we were talking about with handing over a woman who is not, you know, who doesn't want it as bad as we want her to want it, um, handing her over to God that's such a hard spot for a wife to be in, um, because that's what she's doing. She's having to hand him over to God and mm-hmm. just continue uh, to wait for God to do what only God can do. Um, and and another thing that I think is good to point out um, to other women, it when they when there is a wife among us who is struggling with that, is to to point out: Are you this diligent about your marriage and your husband? Um, because we want to, we want to keep the enemy out of our marriages. Um, and Mm -hmm. we are on the front lines of those marriages, you know?
1: Absolutely. 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 This is for anyone being married, but, and finding that support group who will pray with you and not gossip. That's the hard part. But when you're connected in your church, it is doable. Absolutely. All right, Stacy, I think we've hit it all. Do you have anything else?
0: I have just so enjoyed this, like just being a part of this and being able to chat with you about this and, um, and just get real about, uh, being women and women who love God and loving on other women who love God is so fun. Like I'm so fun. This is so fun. I'm not fun. Yes, this is fun. <laughs> you are this fun. You fun. are
1: fun, guys. Make sure you go check out Faith It. They are on social media. They're on Facebook. They have a website. Um, you do not want to miss this. Stacy just launched a podcast. They come out Fridays. Um, and where where all can they find those? iTunes,
0: iTunes and Spotify. Yep. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you check and Spotify. out Spotify, yeah, Faith It Women um, on iTunes and Spotify. We're gonna drop an episode uh, every Friday and just talk about. How to faith it, um, n- not just at the Moses part, the Red Sea moments, but how to faith it uh, in every kind of day that a woman may encounter.
1: Oh, that's great. Stacy. where can people find you on
0: um, social media? So I'm mainly on Facebook. Um, so uh, Stacy Vines, uh, they're on Facebook. I'm not um, as big of a social butterfly on social media as I am in person. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm on Facebook. So that's her and on invitation.
1: Instagram. That's her invitation to come to her church. If that's you want exactly to exactly
0: <laughs> right, yes, yes, exactly right. Anyone um, who is near or around Conway or Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, uh, please come worship with us at Ecclesia Christian Church. I'm I love being a pew partner. Although we don't have pews, we have chairs. But I love being <laughs> um, a pew partner. Um, I love that so much more than chatting on on Facebook. <laughs> fact facts hashtag facts
1: (laughs) all right guys thank you so much for tuning in we'll catch you again in another week